Hi, everyone. Welcome to Head to Total, our podcast that talks everything medical head to toe toll, uh, and pulls back the curtain on all things medical. It's all the questions that we've all wanted to ask of medical professionals, and, and we're afraid to do it. I'm Colleen Young, uh, and today we have our favorite guest. That's right, favorite guest. Dr. Jeffrey B. Klein. Welcome, Dr. Klein. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you this morning? I'm all right. You know, Southeast Michigan was a hot one yesterday, but a little cooler today. Beautiful time of the year. Yes, absolutely. So uh, what's new and exciting, Dr. Klein? It's good to have you back since we last saw you. Have you been behaving yourself? Have you been seeing a lot of feet? Yes, I've been seeing a lot of feet and I try and say I take it one step at a time. Dr. Klein, I understand that you um, uh, are part of Mendelssohn Kornblum Orthopedics. Uh, I understand a little bit about them. They're a comprehensive practice, but what are the advantages of working with someone like yourself in a comprehensive practice like that? I came from private practice for many years, and I joined uh, Mendelssohn Kornblum probably about eight years now. And I haven't regretted a day other than missing my patients on the other side of the world in Waterford. Um, I, I find it um, very helpful to have other specialists and physical therapists on staff and at location. So when there's a question of a biomechanical fault or neurological disorder, some type of pinched nerve, let's say, we have the specialist right there that we can refer to that can give opinions on and that we can better the patient's treatment. When we have our patients go to physical therapy, for instance, um, I can, I do keep in touch with the physical therapist and I'm in constant conversation with the physical therapist, tweaking the therapy or basically teaching um, the patient how to function best or how we can treat the patient to rid them of their pain. So it's like having all these specialists under one roof, one-stop shopping. You know who else mentioned uh, your name was Dr. Peter Lassiter. And we're doing another podcast with him soon. Uh, Dr. Lassiter mentioned one of the benefits of working with you, a podiatrist, within his practice at Mendelssohn is the fact that an athlete may be trying to get better in a sport, has an ACL issue, but technically the feet have to be taken care of as well. So he seeks out you and it helps the overall patient from a comprehensive standpoint. And then all the medical information is also in the same place. You're, the patient's not going from practice to practice to practice. Things aren't getting lost. You guys can walk down the hall and talk to one another and actually see the patient at the same time should schedules match up. That's pretty amazing. And we do do that quite often. We put our heads together and we think of the best treatment plan together for this patient, depending on what is going on with them. So listen, I wanted to have you back today because uh, in our conversations prior, we had teased the topic of orthotics. And, and from what I'm understanding, from what I'm hearing, orthotics are really essential to foot health. So I was hoping you could give us a little bit of education on orthotics, starting with what exactly is an orthotics 
Uh, and where did it come from? What, what's the history? Well, orthotics are basically devices that we make. They're custom-made devices that we make for patients, for our patients, with their feet in a certain position. By research, we know that a foot functions best in certain positions. I'll get more into that a little bit later. Uh, Dr. Merton Root in 1971, I believe it is, um, went ahead and published a textbook on normal and abnormal function of the foot. And he is what we consider the father of biomechanics, at least when it comes to foot function. And basically, he developed theories of how the foot functions best and how it functions abnormally and how we could make it better to function better. Um, There are many types of foot functions that are normal and abnormal that create problems or can create problems. Um, Orthotics are plastic devices that we make. In the years ago, we used to use foam impressions or plaster of Paris impressions to make the orthotics. We would put the patients in what we call a neutral subtalar joint position, or by research, we know that the foot functions best in a certain position, and then we would manufacture or press fit a plastic type of insert that would go from shoe to shoe. Back in the dark ages when I was in school, we used to actually participate in uh, the orthotics lab, and we would take plaster of Paris castings of people's feet or of each other's feet. We would let that dry, and then we would fill it with plaster and then peel down the next day when it dried the plaster of Paris on the outside. So then we had a mold of somebody's foot. In the old days, we used to use a plastic material called Roador. This was a material that was only out of Germany. A lot of people who have had orthotics in the past have had these yellow or amber-looking orthotics, which were very rigid. And then we would go ahead and modify it by putting posts on it or wedges on the back or the front or padding in certain areas, let's say on the front of the orthotic, uh, for things like calluses. But that's basically where orthotics came from. The theory is, is every step we take, we put two to three times our body weight on each heel. If we're carrying something or walking quickly, we are going to put more body weight on each heel. And we need to know how the foot functions best. And sort of like thinking of judo, when you fall in judo, you're supposed to roll with the fall. Well, the foot, all 26 bones of the foot have to function in a way that you can walk. Let's say you're a 200-pound male. You can walk and adapt to uneven ground and obviously not fall over. So orthotics are used to control the abnormal ways of walking. Nowadays, um, we do three-dimensional iPad scans of the foot 
to um, take the place of the plaster or the foam impressions, which are pretty accurate within 0.4 millimeters. That's pretty small amount. So it's pretty accurate. And then we have them three-dimensionally printed. Most of the orthotics are three-dimensionally printed, which are also very accurate with my prescription on it, or basically based on my examination, how it would work best for the patient who has abnormal foot function, or theoretically in high arch feet or flat feet, which is much more common. When back in the day, Dr. Klein, I can remember my dad having a pair of orthotics, and and to your point, they were that amberish color, that brownish color. And and I can remember him going back to his podiatrist uh, and, and they would shave the bottom or they'd add material to the bottom because his walk, his gait was still off. Is that the case in today's orthotics? Do they wear different? And, and if they do, how is that over a period of how long or why does that change that you need adjustments to your orthotics? So back in the day where we had a very rigid type orthotic, in general, the more rigid the orthotic, the better. However, many people cannot tolerate the very rigid type of orthotic. So either feet change or you need to adjust it based on whatever the foot pathology or the biomechanics or the way the foot functions needs to be. Nowadays, the orthotics material are much more advanced and adjustments are very rare. We do do adjustments on occasion, but they're pretty rare. An orthotic that I make for an adult patient today usually lasts them somewhere around five or six years. On children, obviously, because they're growing, um, they will last them only about one and a half to two and a half years, depending on the growth rate and what age. They can also be adjusted based on the deformity. When you talk about children in orthotics, there's a lot of kids that are in toers or their toes go in when they're walking, or there's a lot of kids who are out toers. And we can put modifications on the orthotics to prevent the further of deformity or an intower to force them or to control them to walk outward. When it comes to orthotics in adults, orthotics control the way you walk and can get rid of a lot of pain depending on where the pain is. They do not correct the deformities, but they control it, just like the eyeglasses I'm wearing right now. I can see fine with the glasses, but they don't correct my vision. If I take the glasses off, I still cannot see well. So orthotics in an adult um, do seem to work rather well in control. When it comes to children, depending on the age that you would make an orthotic for a child, it can actually help to correct a deformity in certain deformities if you do it early enough. Having said that, you're not going to do an orthotic on somebody, on a child, before their age three or four. But if you can get them an orthotic and you can train their feet to turn in certain ways, you can correct deformities very early in life. 
that's one of the great things about you, Dr. Klein, is you, you give an analogy that, that even somebody like myself can understand. That eyeglass analogy is awesome because it, it does. It allows us to, you, can, you understand that completely. Let me ask you this. Does, if, I, if I were to get orthotic, um, does it go into the same orthotic goes into my three-toed shoes, as you like to call them, as well as my, my tennis shoes that, you know, really give me room for my bunions that are actually more comfortable in the shoes I should be wearing. It's the same pair of orthotics that go in all shoes, correct? So it can be. It just really depends on the type of shoes you're going to wear daily. I would, if I had my choice for pretty much all of my patients, I would tell them to wear a walking shoe or a running shoe. However, having said that, I realize that's not that realistic. So there are certain types of orthotics that are made for high heel shoes. They're a lot thinner. But when you thin out an orthotic or you decrease the bulk on an orthotic, you're going to decrease the control that it has on foot function. So that is an exception. I do have many patients or many women in my practice who wear heels once a week to go to church or to go someplace. And most of the time, they're not wearing heels. They're wearing a good flat running shoe or walking shoe or flat shoe. So my suggestion would be is to wear the orthotics in all of the shoes, except in the heels for the couple hours a week that you wear the heels not to wear them. And that's only if I can convince them not to wear the heels at all. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good one, Dr. Klein. Yeah. Um, Which my success rate is not too high on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in general, I say that in men's shoes, the orthotic will fit into 90 to 95% of their shoes. I bring it down a notch for women's shoes because they're different shapes and they have different fit. And I usually tell women that they will fit into about 85 percent of their shoes. The shoes you will not be able to wear in would be obviously an open back shoe, a sandal, a flip-flop. They would just fall right out. And then um, other shoes, if they're very tight fitting, you may need a larger shoe. But in general, women, about 85% of their shoes, in men, even more than that, 90 or maybe even 95% of their shoes. So, Dr. Klein, one of the things back in the day, uh, my dad, uh, who uh, had some back pain, not, not, we're not talking about serious back pain, go see a spine surgeon or anything like that, just uh, some strong discomfort, right? And we all were teasing him. We're like, you know, dad, it's because your front is a little bit heavier and your back is, uh, is carrying a lot of weight. My dad looked like he was like seven, eight months along. But what happened was, is to solve the back pain, he said, you know, He says, I'm going to go see the podiatrist. So he went to a podiatrist and they put him in orthotics, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation today, because the orthotics actually helped his back pain. So is that one of the functions of an orthotic that can help with if you're having back problems? Absolutely. Um, Orthotics basically stabilize the foundation of your body which is obviously your feet. So there are many studies that say people who have knee pain, hip pain, or back pain, 80% of these people 
have a foot problem that relates to these types of problems, hip pain, back pain, or knee pain. So if you can control the function with an orthotic or the, of the foot, then a lot of times that can help with these other types of pains that you have. It can add to shock absorption of the foot, which will help with things like back pain. And that's probably what did it for your father. Dr. Klein, uh, now that you've reinforced the fact that I should be doing more shoe shopping and not wearing the same pair of shoes every day, um, I I was looking at some shoes, not the typical Colleen three-toed shoes, but actually some practical shoes, some shoes that, you know, people would use for running or flats. Um, And some of the shoe brands now are claiming that they correct some foot problems. What is your take on that? What is the difference between a shoe correcting a problem, is that even possible, versus an orthotic correcting a problem? Okay. The way I view shoes is shoes have to protect your feet. There are many, many great brands of shoes. They have come a long way, and um, they protect your feet. But an orthotic is the type of thing that control your feet, like we talked about earlier. What happens is now they sell different types of shoes. They're anti-pronation or anti-supination type of shoes that they claim to control your foot deformities. Even though they may help in certain conditions, I think the regular good supportive shoe is going to be best with an orthotic versus um, having a shoe to try and correct your deformity. Dr. Klein, can you tell us again, how often would be, do you replace an orthotic uh, in an adult? So in an adult, usually an orthotic, depending on the foot condition, depending on a lot of things, is that they will last them about five or six years. Um, they can take them from shoe to shoe. And usually people are very happy with that, um, taking them from shoe to shoe. Some people decide to get a second pair. It's just out of convenience more than anything. Some people leave them in their work boots at work. And then when they come home, they have a different pair of uh, orthotics that they use. Okay, here's a weird question. What do you do when they start to smell? There are lots of reasons they start to smell. And it's a matter of keeping keeping your your shoes or your orthotics clean on hot days like we're having today or like these the next couple of weeks um it's a matter of uh cleaning them off with cool soapy water and there are actually deodorizer sprays that you can buy uh for your shoes it is a good idea to air them out at night and if possible to wear different shoes every day, not the same day, five days a week for work, not the same shoes, excuse me, five days a week for work, but to switch off each day. And basically it's a matter of wiping them down. And and this might be a a question that we, we can't deal with here, but I know a lot of people would be curious about the cost of an orthotic. Let's say I came into your practice and I did not have insurance. I was paying out of pocket for an orthotic. Is this something that's, uh, you know, above $500, less than $500? 
uh, and understanding of getting five to six years out of this pair of orthotics, is there a price point or is it completely individual if I was paying out of pocket? So out of pocket is less than $500 or even insurance. There's many insurance companies that do cover it. They see the benefit of orthotics and know that it reduces biomechanical fault or basically reducing pain. There are many insurances that do not cover them. There are different types of orthotics. There are more rigid or more controlling, if you would, biomechanical orthotics. And there are more accommodative type of orthotics that we make. There are also orthotics that we use for our diabetics that go into our diabetic shoes. And so that's a slightly different type of orthotic. Those can be custom made and those can be customizable or heat moldable. But they're usually used for many type of conditions that we that people have. Um, one of the most common uh, condition we use orthotics for is plantar fasciitis, or some people know it as heel spurs. It's a very common problem with conservative treatment with plantar fasciitis, heel spurs. Um, we got we can have about a 98 or 98 99% success rate with getting rid of the heel pain or arch pain along with um it not coming back um with orthotics and other conservative measures stretching possibly anti-inflammatories injections etc so it's a, it's a very good treatment for that Another thing we use them for is bunions. A lot of people have bunions where the big toe goes towards the second toe. And this is a biomechanical fault. This is seen on people with very flat feet most commonly, but also on people with high arch feet. Also trauma can cause that. But orthotics are the only conservative way that I know of that will slow down or stop the progression of a bunion. People who have bunions, if you have bunions, you probably know that today it looks one way, but five years ago, it may not have looked that bad and they will progress. Orthotics will not get rid of bunions, but orthotics will control the hind foot or the back of the foot, thereby controlling the front of the foot with the joints and musculature, thereby slowing down or stopping the progression of many deformities, one of them being bunions. That's huge for somebody like myself, Dr. Klein. That's huge. As we all know, I'm funding your retirement with my feet. Um, there's, <laughs> there's been a lot of progression in orthotics, right? We started with material that you could only get in Germany. We progressed. Now we're 3D printing them. What do you see in the near future with an orthotic? Is it better, even better materials? Is it quicker? What, what do you think about the future of orthotics? Well, I think the future of orthotics will be in the materials that we use. Right now, there's many people with certain deformities in their foot where the back of the heel is slightly turned inward or in a varus position. What we do with an orthotic a lot of times is we will make, we will design a wedge 
in the back of the heel that will bring the ground up to the foot. Um, this is, this is what we've done for years. This is what I wear in my shoes. And this is what many, many of my patients use in their shoes. In the future, I think the materials in the hind foot will be softer on one side and harder on the other side, thereby making it a fluid type of situation that when the heel strike or the foot comes down, the outside of the foot will push down more because it's softer on that type of ortho- on that part of the orthotic where the inside of the heel will be controlled so the foot does not go inward or pronate or flatten out by way of example. Um, I think they're getting more and more accurate and I think the future holds that you will come into the office and um, choose to uh, get a pair of orthotics. And on the way out of the office, you will get your custom-made orthotic. Dr. Klein, I, I know that you're pressed for time. You have patients today. One thing before I let you go. First of all, thank you for the time that you've spent with us with the orthotics. Uh, but I have to tell you, if you haven't seen Dr. Klein's video on the ingrown toenail, it's the TikTok of the ingrown toenail, which I believe is like about to go viral from what I understood from somebody yesterday. Uh, it probably has gone viral by now. That TikTok is one of my favorite Dr. Klein TikToks. The, the snap noise, and that's all I'm going to tell our audience, that snap noise is something that you got to see. Dr. Klein, I can't thank you enough. It's always a pleasure to have you with us, and we hope to see you again soon. Great. Thank you very much, and enjoy the day. 